The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. I just saw one of these stupid things on, somebody sent me this. Uh, it's a picture of a, a church sign, maybe you've seen this. A church sign, it was, it, this was a Presbyterian church, and it says, Worship on Sunday, 10 a.m. Uh, Front Street, live on Facebook, wash your hands. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you one thing. If anything that's happened through this whole thing, man, we're washing our hands more, aren't we? I'm telling you, man. Amen. Praise God. I'm in the book of Exodus tonight, chapter 14. I'm going to switch over here, Brother Jeff, if I can. Hallelujah. We are, while you're turning there, uh, some of the uh, folks that know about things like this have been meeting to discuss ways that we could continue to do intercessory prayer and that maybe we can do it in an, in an online way. And uh, we're getting closer to that. We had a meeting today online, and uh, it was really good. And so I believe we're, we're up to some good stuff. We, this, we were already thinking that way and are ahead of this curve. So praise God forevermore. Amen? Amen. I'm in the book of Exodus, chapter 14. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Hallelujah. <coughs> Excuse me, Exodus chapter 12. I like 14, but 12 is my favorite. <laughs> I don't think Moses cared. He wrote all of it, so he Amen. And this is um, a discussion when the children of Israel are in captivity. I can relate to that already, can't you? Because before Christ came into my heart, I was in captivity. We were slaves to sin. You got to know that. If you, if you're, before Jesus comes into your life, we're a slave to sin. We don't have any option. Like a slave doesn't have any option whether he's coming in for work in the morning. A slave is, is, you know, he's owned by someone and he is told where to be and what time and how long to work and etc. Well, we were slaves to sin, right? We were, we were in captivity. That's what that means. And we couldn't get out. But, you know, for 430 years, the children of Israel, who were supposed to be the freest people on earth, were in captivity. They were enslaved. By, the, by Pharaoh, who is a picture of, you know, the devil himself that ensnared us and enslaved us. But thank God there came a day when God sent a deliverer. And I don't care what kind of trouble you're in, I'm telling you there's a deliverer to get you out of your mess. No matter how bad it is, no matter how dark it is, no matter how tough it is, no matter how wicked things are, I'm telling you there is a deliverer. And that, in the, in the Old Testament case, and here in the book of Exodus, that was Moses. 
Moses, you know, Moses means to draw out of. Moses was, that's because Moses was in the basket. Remember, his mother wanted to spare him because they were killing all the children. And Moses' mother wanted to save him, so she put him in an ark. There's good preaching all over these, this stuff. Put him in an ark of safety and pushed him, pushed him away from the shore in the, in the waters there in Egypt. And the Bible says that Pharaoh's daughter came down <coughs> excuse me, to bathe. And when she came down to bathe, she saw the babe. And she heard the babe crying and she, and she reached into the ark and drew out Moses. And she took him to the shore and she'd wanted a child and she just fell in love with this baby. And so, and then she looked around on the shore and said, well, I'm going to need somebody to nurse this baby because I didn't bear this baby so I don't have you know, milk for the baby. So I'm going to need one of the nursing, uh, 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 someone that, that, you know, a nursemaid to take care of him and looked around and don't you know that she picked Moses' mother. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. I'm telling you, man, we can fall into victory. We just stumble into victory, man. When you get on the right side of things, you just stumble into victory. You don't have to figure it all out with your smart brain. You just stumble along and you fall into victory. And so don't you know what joy. I, I preached on that. I, was that on Mother's Day when I preached about you got you to push your kids away from the shore. You got to let your children go. I think it was. And, uh, and that's a hard thing to do to put that baby in that basket and push him away from the shore. And he floated out there, and you got to, and you had to, she had to just trust God. And she trusted God. Now think about that. And in just a little while, a few minutes later, all of a sudden, he's, he that she pushed away from the shore is coming back to her. He's making, way, he's making his way back. And, and I think there's so many ironic things to the story because, because Pharaoh, right, was her dad. And he's the one that gave the decree, we're going to kill all the firstborn sons. We're going to kill all the little boys. And so now, not only is Moses saved, he's drawn out of the basket. He he becomes a deliverer. Not only is he given back to his mother and she becomes his nursing mother. And it fulfilled her and ministered to her, of course it did. He's going to go home that night and he's going to sleep in Pharaoh's house that was going to kill him and wanted his life. I'm telling you, the devil is not smarter than God. God is always up on the devil. He's always a step ahead of the devil. That means, I'm telling you, tonight he's a, God's already steps ahead of the coronavirus. You know, God, this wasn't like, you know, that God got the news when Fox and CNN and all the other news sent it up. 
And, and the Lord went, are you kidding me? I didn't know about that. No, he, he's already steps ahead of this. And he's taking care of it. Amen. And then you know the story. Moses grows up. And it's a long story, but he kills, he, he gets ticked off because of the way the Israelites were being treated. And he killed the Egyptian, buried him in the sand. As a result, he was banished to the backside of the desert. And uh, he's out there for 40 years on his own. And, uh, but, but, but he was changing into something. He was turning into a deliverer. He had to go that way so that he could become a deliverer. Jesus is our New Testament Moses. Jesus is the one that in our enslavement, he came into the world. Amen. And he was drawn out. He was drawn out of, of, of Mary, the Virgin Mary's body. And he was given to Mary and Joseph to raise. And then as he grew up, when he got to be 30 years old, the Bible says he began to minister and heal all the sick and cast out devils and do all the things that Jesus always does. And... And then eventually he went on to, to be, because he was like Moses. In order for Moses to become the deliverer, he had to go a certain way that looked like it was failure yes. and looked like it was difficult and tough. Right. On the backside of the desert, out there with just a few sheep and some herdsmen, right? But thank God, Jesus... Uh, Jesus had to go, that, go a tough place too. He had to go to the cross. And, and through the cross though, he became the deliverer like Moses became the deliverer after being banished to the backside of the desert. But Moses comes back, you know the story, he comes back and tells Pharaoh to let my people go. And even though the Lord had already told him, this is such a wild story, isn't it? Even though the Lord spoke to him and said, by the way, there, nobody's going to listen to you. He's not going to care and he's not going to listen to you. He's not going to obey you. And uh, Moses was wondering, wow, I can't even talk, right? Why would you pick somebody like me? And all those things. But Moses, eventually, the God is able to get his attention. And then there came, there came a day, and, or a night in this case, where everything turned around and changed. You know, the hardest part of being a believer is waiting between the promise of God that we're going to be delivered and the time when the, the thing finally manifests itself. That's called life and faith. That's called living. It's in between the promise of God and the manifestation of the promise of God. Amen? But there came a night there came a night, there came an hour, there came a day when the deliverer was going to get them out of Egypt. And here we are in Exodus chapter 12. Let's begin reading verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, and he said, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It'll be the first month of the year to you. I like that because he's, he's rewriting the calendar around our new start. Ha! 
everything's going to change for you. Because I'm getting ready to turn your whole life around. We might as well change the calendar. He said, speak to all the congregation. How many of them? Tell all of them. That means big, little, black, white, red, yellow, poor, rich, smart, not so bright, older, younger, millennials even. Speak to all of them. Speak to all the congregation of Israel and say to them, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb. Now, how many lambs we got to have? We got to have one for every what? Every man. Every, every, every household, in other words. Take to them every man a lamb. According to the house of their father, a lamb for a house. Well, I'll tell you, things haven't changed in all these years from way back here in the book of Exodus until 2020. I came to tell you tonight that every house needs a lamb in it. Every house needs the lamb of God inside it, Brother Dan. Every house, not just, you know, you, you, you know, just... So I got my house, I got to have a lamb in my house. And TJ and Aaron and Curtis and Leah, you know, they got, but they've got their own house now. And Curtis has got to make sure that, that he's got the lamb in his house. One of the most important things that a head of a house can do is ensure that every, everybody in here knows that the centerpiece of this family is the lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. Amen? A lamb for every house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Now look at the lamb. I love this. I love the lamb. This has all got to do with coronavirus, whether you knew it or not. Huh? Right in your Bible next to there, right down there, uh, coronavirus 2020. How to, how to put the lamb on the inside of you. Hmm? Verse 5, this is what kind of lamb. You can't just get any, any lamb any blemish lamb, any one-eyed lamb. You can't just have any lamb. That, that's not good enough. you got to have this kind of lamb. It's got to be, verse 5 says, it's got to be without blemish or perfect or sound, the Hebrew says. A male of the first year, and you shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel, you got to do something with that sweet little precious lamb. That sweet lamb that doesn't have any blemish. Uh, you got to do something to it. You got to do a tough thing. You got to kill it. I want you to know that Christ died for our sins. He's the lamb of the story here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Keep it until the 14th day and the whole assembly of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And then you shall take, take of the blood. The only way you're going to have blood is if you kill an animal. Slit the lamb's throat. Let the blood flow. And strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. So you got to do you got to go through this strange ritual that he was introducing. You got to take a, a a branch of hyssop. You got to dip it in that lamb's blood. Then you got to go to your to the, to the door, right? Around the door. And you got to mark it. You got to take that blood and put some of that blood on each side and over the top and down the other side. You got to put blood over that thing. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. And they shall, verse 8, they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast it with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs you shall eat it. Man, that's a, there's gospel in through this. You know, the, the, the cross was, there was a bitterness to the cross. The cross was dark and hard for Jesus and Difficult, you know, things got dark on the earth during the when he was dying on the cross. There's a bitterness to the penalty for sin. Don't eat it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast it with fire, his head with his legs, and with the Puritans thereof. I love verse 10. Come on. We're, what are we doing here? We're eating the lamb. That lamb that we took, that unblemished lamb, that unblemished lamb that was perfect and sound and innocent, had never done anything wrong, but we slit his throat for the sins of Israel. He said, we're getting ready to eat that lamb. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. In other words, you've got to eat all of it. I, that's what I've been spending. I, I've spent almost 40 years trying to get people to eat the lamb. Come on, man. Take some more of the lamb. <laughs> let's eat all of it. Let's get every bite. Let's get every, every part of the lamb, every part of Jesus. Let's consume him. Let's come to the communion table and let's eat his body and drink his blood just like they did here when they put the lamb on the inside of them. Amen? You got to eat all of it. Don't let anything remain. Don't let anything be laying around. Today, we're just, we're just satisfied with a little, you know, like a, a package of lamb nuggets. Yeah. No, man. Don't let anything remain until the morning. And that which remains of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it. Here's how you eat it. There's a certain way to eat it. Huh. Eat it with your loins girded. In other words, be dressed and ready to go. Come on, that night. They didn't know, they didn't know where they were going. But God was speaking to them. That's what the Lord was telling Moses. Tell the children of Israel about this. Yeah. Tell them there's, there, 
after 430 years, the deliverer has come. And, and, and Pharaoh's getting ready to let us all go. So get dressed. Get ready to, get ready to be free. Get ready to be not enslaved anymore. I know your mama was a slave, and I know your grandpa was a slave, and your great-grandpa was a slave. Generation after generation after generation, 430 years, that's all your family knew. You came from a family of slaves. They probably told you you'd always be a slave. But what they didn't count on was that there was a deliverer coming. A deliverer's going to rock the boat. Uh, the deliverer's going to change the plans. Even though Pharaoh planned on these guys doing all his dirty work for many, many years to come, Pharaoh's plan was that the Israelites, that's all they'll ever be is slaves for us. But what the devil didn't count on was that the God of those Israelites was going to get ticked off one day and he was going to come get them. I'm telling you tonight that God has sent a deliverer. He sent a deliverer into the earth. Amen. So that on the 28th day of July in 1973, when I put my faith in the Lamb and my faith got in the blood of the Lamb and I took the blood and put it over my heart, and then I ate the lamb, and I put the lamb down on the inside of me. In other words, I became a Christian. And I want you to know, that first night, man, I ate the whole lamb. I ate the whole thing. Amen. Huh? There wasn't, any, there wasn't any leftovers. Because Pastor Crab ate the whole lamb. He ate all of it. I, I wanted every part of it. I wanted the part of the lamb that forgave me of my sin. I wanted the part of the lamb that healed my body. I wanted the part of the lamb that set me free. I wanted the part of the lamb that gave me joy. I wanted the, 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 the part of the lamb, amen, that, that healed me when I was sick. I wanted the part of the lamb that would, that would teach me how to love my wife and be a good husband. I wanted that part of the lamb. I wanted that part of the lamb too, though. I wanted that part of the lamb that, uh, you know, that wasn't so fun. The one where the lamb got a sword and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's able to, to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and cut you up a little bit. We want the nice Jesus lamb. We want the soft, fluffy Jesus lamb. But I want you to know that Jesus, even to the church, Jesus knows how to deal with the church. I, I don't know about you, but I have been, God must really, really care about Pastor Crab. Because, you know, the Bible says, whom he loves, he chastens. Oh, how he loves you and me, man. I'm serious. I, I, I don't just want the part of Jesus that says, you're wonderful, and you're handsome and smart, and you're, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay. No, I want the part of Jesus that gets me straightened out. 
I want the part of Jesus. I'm going to eat that part of the lamb too that, that, that tells me when I'm wrong, when I'm in the wrong. Amen? I, I want that part of Jesus. I'm going to eat that part of Jesus that, that causes me to go to someone and, when I'm wrong and, and to say, you know what, I, I was wrong about that. I'm sorry about that. A lot of people don't want to eat that part of the lamb. But I'll tell you, the Bible says they ate all, he told them, eat all of it. If I got a message for the church in 2020, it's this. Eat the whole lamb. Eat every part of it. And, there's, and, and it's all good for us. It's all healthy. Amen? Let's look at verse 11. And thus shall you eat it, with your loins girded, in other words, you got to get ready, you've got to be ready to go. You gotta, you gotta dress like you're going somewhere. You got you, you know, you can't dress like, you know, well, I'm I guess that's just what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stay here. You gotta take your slave clothes off, and you gotta put your traveling clothes on. Because you gotta know that when the deliverer comes, he's gonna get us out of this mess. Huh? He said, thus shall you eat it with your loins girded. I love this. You've got to have your shoes on your feet. In other words, put your shoes on. Can you imagine all these folks? They're just sitting in their homes, in their little houses, and they, they kill this lamb that night and eat the lamb and there's the smell of lamb all over Egypt. Everybody just gets dressed, puts, girds their loins, puts shoes on their feet, and just, and now it's just one step at a time. Now what do we do? We just, we, we just got to wait. We got to wait till the next thing happens, man. Amen? You got to, have your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. In other words, that's a, you know, like you're traveling. And you shall eat it in a hurry. Huh? We're not on church time here, where it just doesn't matter what time you get here. Huh? You, you got to eat it in a hurry. Because it is the Lord's Passover. Now the word Passover in the Hebrew, I looked it up today again. It, it really means an exemption. What, what happened to us, you know, the, the church is a, is a tax-exempt organization. We're unlike other businesses that, where they, you know, we're not taxed like other businesses are. We're taxed exempt, if you will. We have a 501c3, that's the, the legal paperwork that we file and gets it approved or accepted by the IRS if you have all your ducks in a row. And so everybody else might get taxed, but when it comes to the church, the people of God, we, we're exempt. In other words, the government passes over us. They, they do for now. Pray about that. You've probably seen that, haven't you, Brother Ron? You know, they, they're trying to 
take some take some of that kind of that kind of stuff away uh, from us. And you know the the judge that is the overseer of that of that court case. I think it was up in Wisconsin. Uh, it's it's a judge uh, and it's a lady and her last name is Crab. So it's not that's not that I'm not part of her family. So. Hmm. Eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. Here's why you got to eat it in haste. Because I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. And I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. But the Lord, the blood shall be to you, look at this now, the blood shall be a token or a sign upon the houses where you are. You got to believe this tonight, church. I'm telling you. Look at us. Here we are, 2020. Coronavirus. The world's gone crazy. People are freaking out. They're closing stuff and changing stuff. Man, they're messing with my sports stuff. Now, I, let, let me just get up on a soapbox for a minute. Huh? I'm like, Lord, come on, man. Come on, man. Shutting down school's one thing, but come on. You not you can't mess with the pastor's ball game stuff. And 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 if they'd have just canceled the NBA, that's one thing. But but man, March Madness is shot. And now spring training shut down. Are you kidding me? The Finley parade, the opening day parade? Man, we must be at the end of the world or something, man. We can't even have opening day. The NHL, MLS, FC Cincinnati shut down. It's amazing what can happen. Amen? But the blood shall be for you a sign upon the houses where you are. Watch it now. But when I, this is God said, I, he said, I'm coming down. And I'm going to come down to execute judgment to all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. And I'm going to every house where there's a little baby in that house. Right? And he said, I'm going to execute judgment and I'm going to smite the land. And But when I see the blood, when I'm passing through the streets... And I look at this house, and there's no blood over it, and they have a child in there. The firstborn in that, in that house is, getting, is going to be judged. Yeah. Their life's going to be taken. But when I get next door, and, there's, and, and somebody has taken the hyssop branch yeah. and drawn some of the, dipped it in the lamb's blood. See, you can't dip, you can't dip the hyssop branch in, in the lamb's blood if you hadn't killed the lamb. Right. Jesus had to die for our sin yes, so that there could be blood. Right? You, they killed the lamb and they put the blood around the door. Amen? And look what he said. I love this. 
When I see the blood. Woo! Hey, I'm counting on this right here. When I see the blood. That's why we're not afraid. That's why we're not moved. That's why the devil's not going to harass us. Because we know as, as long as you've got the blood around your door, it doesn't matter. Now think about it. Next door, there's, there's wailing and screaming in all the houses where there is no blood. And those Israelites could hear those, the, the, the cries. It went all through Egypt. It, what a night. There's the smell of lamb in the air. There's wailing and crying and screaming and heartache. And it even went to Pharaoh's house. And his own firstborn was taken and judged by the Almighty. I want you to know when I read this, I realize that God is always ahead of the devil He's always smarter, bigger, better, badder, tougher. He can last longer, however long the devil can last. He's going to outlast him. No matter what it takes. When, when I see the blood, he said. Huh? Now Listen, he wants there to be blood over everybody's house. He doesn't want any. In New Testament, I'm not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance through Christ. But the only way it can happen is if you put faith in the blood. That's why I'm talking about the cross on Sunday, and I'm talking about the cross on Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. Every day is a cross day for me because I remember that there was blood shed for me. And the reason I'm going to heaven and I'm not going to a devil's hell to be judged, which is where I deserve to go, but Jesus died for me and delivered me and the blood was put over my heart, not a door. It was put over me and you. When you put faith in Jesus, it's like the hyssop branch that's, that's bringing some of the blood on the outside and around the door. When I see the blood, look what he said. I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I am so grateful tonight that the lamb is in me and the blood is over me. And that all of the judgments of this world and for sin, they're not, I, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. But what do I care? I'm in good shape, aren't you? Because as long as the lamb's in me and the blood's over me, what do I care? It's, all, it's like I'm in heaven already. Because none of this bad junk is getting on me. That's good. Amen. Say out loud, the lamb's in me, and the blood's over me. Those are the most important two things in your life. You got to make sure your children know this. Teach your children, teach your grandchildren. The lamb's got to get in you. 
You got to eat the whole thing. Huh? Pastor Crab, we're going to teach our children, our children's children. We're eating the whole lamb. We're taking the whole Bible. We're taking the whole word of God. We're eating all of it. We're eating the part where the Holy Ghost gets loose. We're eating that part. We're eating the part where love is reigning supreme. We're eating it all. Amen? And we like it for the glory of God because when he comes, to, and instead of executing judgment, when it comes to your house, it's a wild story. He, that he will, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You're exempt. It's happening to him, him, her, her, him, him, them, not you. You got blood here. I can't. I, I, I couldn't if I wanted to. There's blood over you. I don't want to, but even if I did want to, I couldn't because there's blood over you. Amen. That's why you got to confess the blood. Yes, you you got to talk about the forgiveness of the blood. Amen. And you got to preach the blood. You got to tell everybody about the blood of Jesus. Amen. Put it over your heart and put the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world on the inside of you. Come on, praise team. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Let's all stand up tonight. My God. I told you, I told you some time ago when Sarah and I were at Ramah, there was a guy, we used to go to a church called Faith Christian Fellowship. That was the one where you'd have to line up in the four-year hours beforehand when they opened the door. There was a mad rush to get to the front of the church and get a seat and be able to have a place in there where the Holy Spirit was going to move. And, uh, but the, the guy, there was a worship leader there. His name was Doyle Tucker. And I remember the day, we were there that day. I guess there was a big flu outbreak. And Doyle Tucker, just in the spirit, he, he just started, out of his heart came a song called Hoop-dee-doo on the Flu. And he sang this little chorus. And you know what? That was in 1979. And I've never forgotten Hoop-dee-doo on the flu. And so I just wanted to make it more current. I want to say out loud by faith tonight. Because I got the lamb in me and the blood over me, I say Hoop-dee-doo on the coronavirus. Let's say it together. Hoop-dee-doo on the coronavirus. I am totally exempt. Hands off. In the name of Jesus, I am exempt now and forevermore because the Lamb's in me and the blood is all over me. In the name of Jesus, amen. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com.
We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.